Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From not as sunny Anderson, Indiana, the city not as beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm David Pack, and joining me as always is my identical twin brother, Michael. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we're glad to have you here today. We're continuing our, I guess, series on public service announcements or Saturday morning advertisements, stuff that we remember from our childhood anyway. Right. It made an impact in one way or another, and so we're kind of bent toward nostalgia, so that's a good fit for us and a good fit for this podcast, I think. Yeah, that's the kick we're on right now. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by the Chicken Caesar Sandwich from Burger King. That's another kick we're on. (laughs) Yeah, Chicken Caesar Sandwiches. Uh, These are good. They come in three different varieties. There's a grilled chicken variety for feeling healthy. Then there's the regular crispy chicken. And then there's a spicy chicken variant as well. Yeah, and they're all—they're very good. They've got the shaved Parmesan cheese on there. I'm a big Parmesan fan. I go to Fogo de Show, and I just grab a chunk of Parmesan and keep it on my plate for hard times, and uh, and snack on that. Yeah, it's a it's a good treat that's fun to eat. Yeah, it's got the Caesar dressing. It's got lettuce. It's got, I think it's got tomato. I'm not sure. It's definitely got. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, it's got uh, bacon too, if you like that kind of thing, which I do. <laughs> yeah. I do too, so it works out. All right, well, today we are going to be digging into the longest running public service announcement campaign in United States history. Wow, so this is an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. It has to do with forest fires and fire prevention. It's a wildfire prevention campaign. So who do you think we're going to be talking about? I have a very good guess. All right, what's your guess? Smokey the Bear. Well, that's very close, but not quite. It's <sighs> Smokey Bear. Smokey Bear? Smokey Bear. Nope, it's Smokey the Bear. Nope, that's not his name. Oh, no. His name is Smokey Bear. He is the longest-running uh, icon created by the Forest Service with an artist, Albert Stable, in a wildfire prevention campaign. He's put out by the Ad Council, United States Forest Service, National Association of State Foresters. Wow, he gets around. That's right. So let's dig into a little bit of the history of how this whole thing came to be. The forest fires caused by people were nothing new. They happened forever. Right. Uh, And for many years, the U.S. had known the forest fires were a serious threat. So as early as 1902, there was a standard general land office forest fire warning poster that gave some guidelines for keeping fires under control. Uh, And in 1939, there was a poster showing a forest ranger who looked like Uncle Sam, Hmm. pointing to a raging forest fire. And it said on the poster, your forest, your fault, your loss. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's harsh. (laughs) I thought so, too. Uh, but statistics showed that 9 out of 10 of the fires were person-caused. Oh, well, then maybe it should be harsh. And preventable. And then here comes World War II. And this brought together a new importance and urgency to the firefighting effort. At the time, a lot of the experienced firefighters and other able-bodied men were 
not there. They were serving overseas. Oh, okay. They were in the war, yeah. No one there to fight forest fires. And the Forest Service began using colorful posters to educate Americans about the dangers of forest fires in the hopes that local communities could prevent them from starting in the first place. But careless citizens were not the only threat. Another threat was the Empire of Japan. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I would think from the World War II, that was quite the enemy. And they considered wildfires a possible weapon. Oh, okay. During the spring of 42, Japanese submarines surfaced near the coast of Santa Barbara and fired shells that exploded on an oil field close to Los Pedros National Forest. Oh, my goodness. And they didn't stop there. The Japanese military renewed their wildfire strategy later. In 1944, they launched some 9,000 fire balloons into the jet stream. Oh, my word with an estimated 11% reaching the U.S. between November 44 and April of 45. So, fire balloons? Fire balloons. In the end, the balloon bombs caused six fatalities. One of the bombs near Bly, Oregon, killed the wife of Archie Mitchell, Elsie, and five children. So, there's a memorial there today called the Mitchell Monument Historic Site, talking about the fire bombs that were sent over by Japan. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah, so fire prevention was, became to be... Yeah, this was a warning. We have to be careful here. This is war. So in 1942, the Forest Service established the Cooperative Forest Fire Prevention Program. And that same year, on August 13th, an animated movie came out. Oh, is this Smokey Bear? No, not yet. Okay. Bambi. Bambi? Walt Disney allowed his characters to appear in fire prevention public service campaigns. Oh, good old Disney. Because there was a fire in the movie as well. Well, there you go. And, however, he only loaned him to the government for a year. Okay. Just, that's all they could have Bambi. So they needed a new symbol. So after much discussion, they chose a bear. Okay. And his name came from Smokey Joe Martin, who was a New York City fire department hero who suffered burns and blindness during a rescue in 1922. (sighs) <laughs> I did not expect that to be the sort of his name. I just thought that was no. like a yeah. cute name. I didn't know it was a real guy who was, it was a real suffering. Guy. Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. So August 9th, 1944, which is Smokey Bear's birthday. Uh, August, okay, wow. August 9th. I yep. missed it. You did. There was something, we'll hear about that a little bit later, what they did. Uh, he suffered burns and uh, blindness, that guy. But they went ahead and named Smokey Bear after him. Uh, they authorized the creation of Smokey Bear. And the first poster was delivered on October 10th by that artist I mentioned earlier, Albert Stable. The guy who did the uh, Uncle Sam or uh, someone else? It's a similar one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the first poster overseen by the Cooperative Forest Fire Prevention Campaign. Smokey was wearing jeans and a hat, and he's pouring a bucket of water on a campfire. And there's a message underneath it that says, Smokey says, Care will prevent 9 out of 10 woods fires. Okay. So Smokey quickly became a part of American proper culture. He appeared on radio programs, he was in comic strips, he was in cartoons, and he was, had merchandise. Uh, Knickerbocker Bears in 1944 acquired the license to produce Smokey Bear dolls. And in 1949, a Forest Service worker named Rudy Wendelin became the campaign's full-time artist as well as Smokey Bear's quote-unquote manager until, <laughs> oh, wow. until he retired in 1973. So I would always think of Smokey Bear, as I guess he's called, as I remember commercials. I, don't, I never thought about him being so popular people would want to own one. 
Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so his slogan at that time was Smokey says, care will prevent nine out of ten woods fires. That's not what I remember. No, in 1947, the Wartime Advertising Council, later known as the Ad Council, coined the slogan associated with him for more than five decades, which was, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Now, see, that's, that's the real slogan as that, far as yeah, I'm concerned. That is the slogan. That is exactly right. So, is Smokey just a cartoon? Well, you know, I thought, you know, if you're selling him as a toy, he was also a doll or whatever they wanted him to be, I guess. Exactly. He needed to have some sort of, I guess, something you could hang the name on. So, one spring day in 1950 in the Capitan Mountains of New Mexico... An operator in one of the fire towers spotted smoke and called the nearest ranger station. The first crew discovered a major wildfire sweeping along the ground between the trees, driven by a strong wind. Okay. Word spread rapidly, and more crews reported to help. Forest rangers, local crews, New Mexico, Texas, they all came to help. Goodness, that must have been bad. It was a wildfire, yes, out of control. As the crew battled to contain the blaze, they received a report of a lone bear club, a bear cub seen wandering near the fire line. They hoped the mother bear would return for him. And about 30 firefighters were caught directly in the path of the firestorm. They had to lay face down on a rock slide for over an hour as the fire burned past them. Yikes. And nearby the little cub was, and he did not fare as well. He Aww. took a refuge in a tree, but that tree came completely charred. He escaped with his life, but he had badly burned paws and hind legs. Oh, Poor buddy. Uh, so the crew removed him, and... A rancher agreed to take him home. And at first they called him Hotfoot Teddy. <laughs> that seems kind of mean. Kind of just gallows humor or something. Yeah, Hotfoot Teddy. But then later they named him Smokey. Aww. And uh, a ranger named Ray Bell took him in back to Santa Fe. And he nursed him back to help with his wife Judy and his, uh, or his wife Ruth and his kids Don and Judy. And they had a local vet helping them, of course. Yeah, that's uh, taking any kind of wild animal in, I think, is getting dicey, much less a bear. <laughs> no matter how injured it is, it's, it's a bear. Exactly. So news about the little bear spread swiftly through New Mexico. And soon the United States Associated Press broadcast the story nationwide. And many people wrote and called asking about his recovery. They wondered about... Smoky. Right. So the state game warden wrote to the chief of the Forest Service offering to present the cub to the agency as long as the cub would be dedicated to a conservation and wildfire prevention publicity program. So he was flown to D.C. They flew the bear to D.C.? To the National Zoo. They had a special room prepared for him at the St. Louis Zoo for an overnight fuel stop. Okay. This was in the 40s. Just going from zoo to zoo. Right. And then he arrived at the National Zoo. There were several hundred spectators, including members of the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and photographers and media, all there to welcome him to the zoo. Wow. So that's, this is kind of confusing to me. It's like, which came first, you know? Right. It's really exactly. strange. Because uh, I always thought that the one that came first was the little bear that they found. But no, the bear just became the living embodiment or icon of <laughs> Smokey Bear. It's like they, <laughs> he became real. Strange. So he's just getting more and more popular. In 1952, Steve Nelson and Jack Rollins wrote a popular anthem that would launch a continuous debate about Smokey's name. Okay. This, I think I know what this is. So to maintain the rhythm of the song, 
they added the word the between Smokey and Bear. And due to that song's popularity, Smokey Bear has been called Smokey the Bear by just about everyone. But in, in actuality, his name never changed. His name is still Smokey Bear. Oh, okay. So if you haven't heard the song, let me play a little bit of it. Uh, this is Gene Autry's version. There are several versions, but this one's by Gene Autry. Let me get a little load up here. With a ranger's hat and shovel and a pair of dungarees, you will find him in the forest, always sniffing at the breeze. People stop and pay attention when he tells them to beware, cause everybody knows that he's the fire-preventing bear. Smokey the bear, Smokey the bear, prowling and a-growling and a-sniffing the air. He can find a fire before it starts to flame. That's, That's why, why they call him Smokey. That was how he got his name. So, yeah, the song makes it seem like that's how he got his name. Right, exactly. And Smokey the Bear being his name. Right. So, so, yeah, there's confusion there. Who can blame them? So he's trying to become quite the icon. So in this 1952, Congress passed the Smokey Bear Act. Oh, wow. Which protect the Smokey Bear name and image under copyright United States Department of Agriculture. They effectively control the character. Okay, so that's, nobody else can be Smokey Bear. Right, and also Smokey has that name, and they can't have... They always have to smell it with the E. You can't smell, you know, spell it with the other way, of course. Because oh, okay. Oh, that just wouldn't make sense. Oh, of course. Okay, so... Uh, but yeah, Idle Toys... Made a Smokey Bear doll beginning in 1952. The doll included a mail-in card for children to become junior forest rangers. And children could apply by writing the U.S. Forest Service or to Smokey Bear himself. That's a good More idea. On that a little bit later, too. Uh, during the 50s, Smokey the Bear, that name, not Smokey Bear, but Smokey the Bear became very widespread. It was in one encyclopedia. Uh, there was a little golden book called Smokey the Bear, where he called himself Smokey the Bear. Oh, dear. And now it's get more confusing. Exactly. In that book, he's depicted as an orphaned cub rescued in the aftermath of a forest fire. Okay, so like the Hot Foot Teddy story. Exactly. The, which is kind of follows that true story of the living symbol of the Smokey Bear. And it, it, the first book about him, there was many sequels, coloring books, thousands of dolls, toys, other collectibles were on the market. And he began to have, you know, wider appearance, appearances. Uh, he made a cameo appearance in the Walt Disney short film In the Bag. And during the 50s and 60s, the Ad Council kept putting out ads for Smokey the Bear. Mm -hmm. He was in radio advertisements featuring Smokey Bear in conversation with prominent American celebrities such as Bing Crosby, Dinah Shore, <laughs> and Roy Rogers. That seems very random. Uh, yeah. There's the Smokey Bear Award that... The Forest Service gives away to recognize outstanding service in the prevention of human-caused wildfires. Well, that seems strange. I wonder how they judge that. How do you judge something that didn't happen? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I thought about that, too. <laughs> the Beach Boys even quote Smokey the Bear in the 1964 song Drive-In. 
there's a line that says, if you say you watched the movie, you're a couple of liars, and remember, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> okay, wow. He really was part of the pop culture. He was originally drawn wearing that campaign hat of the U.S. Forest Service, but that hat itself became famous by association with the character. Today, it's sometimes called a smoky bear hat. Yeah, I, I, I can picture that hat in my head. Uh, he even had other cartoons. In fact, Rankin Boss, in cooperation with Tadahito Mochinaga's MON production, produced an Animagic stop-motion animated special called The Ballad of Smokey the Bear. I've never heard of that. Narrated by James Cagney. Really? Yep. It <laughs> aired on Thanksgiving Day, November 24th, 1956, as part of the General Electric Fantasy Hour. Wow. And that same day, Smokey got a balloon in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, goodness. So that was really his, like... Let's celebrate Smokey's coming out parties. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll put a link up to that cartoon if you really want to watch it. It is Rankin Boss, so I'm sure there's some quality to it. Yeah, they. I like their stuff. But there was some weird stuff. Uh, I'm going to. This is a very weird part, but I feel like it's amusing enough to read in its entirety. Uh, there was a beat poet in the late '60s, 1959, called Gary Snyder. And he wrote the Smokey the Bear Sutra. Okay. Which presents the environmental concerns in the form of a Buddhist sutra, or like a big, long thing of aphorisms. Okay. Depicts Smokey as the reincarnation of the Buddha. Oh, my word. This guy's nuts. Yeah, here's, here's part of it, at least anyway. Uh, once in the Jurassic, about 150 million years ago, the great sun Buddha in the corner of the infinite void gave a discourse to all the assembled elements and energies, to the standing beings, the walking beings, the flying beings, and the sitting beings, even grasses, even one born from a seed assembled there, a discourse concerning enlightenment on the planet Earth. Weird uh, enough for you yet? Yeah, no, it's way beyond that. He's talking about how America was going to have all these great centers of power, such as Walden Pond and <laughs> Mount Rainier. Uh, and then he showed himself in his true form of Smokey the Bear. Okay. A handsome, smoky-colored brown bear standing on his hind legs, bearing in his right paw the shovel that digs to the truth beneath appearances, cuts the roots of useless attachment, and flings damp sand on the fires of greed and war. Oh. Goodness. His left paw, the mudra of comradely display, indicating that all creatures have the right to live in their limits and that deer, rabbits, chipmunks, snakes, dandelions, and lizards all grow in the realm of the Dharma. <laughs> oh, my word. He goes through all his things. If you want to hear about any of these, let me know. His blue work overall, symbolic of slaves and laborers, broad-brimmed broad hat of the West, symbolic of the forces that guard the wilderness. Uh, his round belly to show his kind nature and that the great earth has food enough for everyone who loves her and trusts her. <laughs> oh, wow. This guy really thought about this. Uh, this is the part that I thought was the oddest. Uh, that, that, that not before? No, no, no. Wrathful but calm, austere but comic, Smokey the Bear will illuminate those who would help him. But for those who would hinder or slender him, he will put them out. Thus, his great mantra. I dedicate myself to the universal diamond by be this raging fury destroyed. And he will protect those who love woods and rivers, animals, hobos, and madmen, prisoners and sick people, <laughs> musicians, playful women, and hopeful children. And if anyone is threatened by advertising, air pollution, 
television, or the police, they should chant Smokey the Bear's war spell. <laughs> oh, my word. And this is his war spell, okay? Okay. Drown their butts. Crush their butts. Drown their butts. Crush their butts. <laughs> okay. That's his war spell. <laughs> yes. And Smokey the Bear will surely appear to put the enemy out with his shovel. Okay. This guy was, uh, I'm thinking, mentally ill. Yeah, I didn't read the whole thing, but... uh. Very weird guy. Uh, but anyway, back to the real Smokey the Bear, or at least the embodiment of it. The real Smokey Bear. He lived at the National Zoo for 26 years. Wow. During that time, he received millions of visitors. Well, yeah. And he also received so many letters addressed to him, more than 13,000 a week. Oh, my word. As well as gifts of honey. <laughs> that in 1964, the United States Postal Service gave him a dedicated zip code. 20252, which is still in use today. So that is Smokey, Smokey Bear's zip code. If you write Smokey Bear 20252, it will get to Smokey Bear. Wow. Uh, he developed a love for peanut butter sandwiches and it just, in well, addition to his daily diet of same. bluefish and trout. Oh, no, <laughs> part company there with Smokey. Yeah, honey and peanut butter sandwiches, I think I could probably be the next Smokey Bear. Uh, in 1962, they paired him with a female bear they called Goldie Bear with the hope that perhaps his descendants would take over the Smokey Bear title. Okay. 1971, the pair still had not produced young, so the zoo added Little Smokey, which is another orphaned bear cub from the Lincoln Forest to their cage. And now seeing that the pair had adopted the cub. Okay. Uh, May 2nd, 1975, Smokey Bear officially retired from his role as a living icon, and Little Smokey succeeded him as Smokey Bear 2 in an official ceremony. Now well, the sequel. But Little Smokey died in 1990. Aw. And the original Smokey Bear died in 1976, November 9th. Government returned his re remains to Capitan, New Mexico, and buried him at Smokey Bear Historical Park which is in New Mexico where he was found. Oh, so they have a park for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that facility is now the Wildfire uh, Interpretive Center. And the bear is interred in the adjacent garden. There's a plaque there that reads, This is the resting place of the first living smoky bear, the living symbol of wildfire prevention and wildlife conservation. Hmm. And I never thought of him as a symbol of wildlife conservation, but I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with wildfire prevention. Yeah, I guess so. If you, if you preserve it, then it's going to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. And Washington Post ran an obituary for him, labeled wow. him bear, calling him a transplant from New Mexico who resided many years in D.C. <laughs> wow. I had no idea he was that popular yeah, as a, that, that bear was. So there hasn't been too much... I guess, a new Smokey Bear stuff over the years. He's always had commercials. Um, he had one in uh, the 1980s that a lot of people uh, probably remember. It doesn't translate as well over um, the audio because some of it's visual, but you do get to hear his ending slogan, so I thought I would play a little bit of it so just you can hear it. This right here is showing a forest, happy, people playing. It only takes a careless moment to turn this. So they try to put a fire out and it didn't go out. This. And now the whole forest is on fire and the family is looking Don't upset. Let forest fires be your fault. Make sure your fire is dead out. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. And there was Smokey. 
Tell you what, I mean, I always thought that was a lot to put on people. Like, <laughs> only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> right. Sometimes, you know, lightning strikes and stuff like that. What do you want me to do? Exactly. But yeah. I think it works because I, even as a kid, I remember thinking we have to be careful and make sure we'd go out camping, make sure that fire is out, and I mean out. Mm-hmm. I do remember that it was affected from that standpoint. They haven't done as much over the years. For the 40th anniversary in 84, he had a postage stamp, had a cub hanging on a burned tree. I, w- I want to say I remember that. But maybe I'm just imagining. You can see it in your head, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining I remember it maybe. Yeah, I'm not even sure myself. Uh, 50th anniversary, there was a commercial. It portrayed woodland animals about to have a surprise birthday party for Smokey with a cake with candles. Smokey comes in blindfolded, smells the smoke, not realizing it's his birthday candles. He uses a shovel to destroy the cake. <laughs> then he takes his blindfold off and sees that it is a cake and oh, apologizes. He feels so silly. Maybe I'll put that one up too. That sounds like it. a good one. And that same year, Poster the Bear with a cake full of extinguished candles was issued in a red Make Smokey's Birthday Wish Come True. Oh, and I bet his birthday wish was preventing forest fires. Oh, I'm sure. But after more than five decades, in 2001, the slogan was officially amended to only you can prevent wildfires. I remember that. I remember for some reason that annoyed me, but I think I just don't like change. Yeah, yeah, I I don't either. But they did that because it was a response to this massive outbreak of wildfires in natural areas other than forests such as grasslands. And they also wanted to clarify the campaign that they're talking about unplanned fires because they still did controlled burns and prescribed fires for conservation purposes because um, there is a healthy amount of fire to clean out some of the underbrush. Otherwise, the fires get worse. Right. I understand they do that, and that's good work. And anything, I guess to clear that up, that makes sense. Yeah, and he still... Doing that today, though, some people say he was too effective. There is some studies taught about the smoky bear effect that there used to be about 30 million acres burned every year in the past, and now it's down to about 7 million. But the ones that are around can sometimes get more out of control or, or burn more. So maybe it was better when there were more wildfires. Was this really a good thing? No, I don't know. I didn't think about that. That's just a question some people have. But he keeps having anniversaries. 2004 was the 60th anniversary. The president issued a proclamation calling on the people of the U.S. to observe the day with appropriate ceremonies and activities. I'm not sure what those were. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember getting off work or anything like that for it. So in an attempt to be a bit more hip, between 2008 and 2011, new public service announcements featuring Smokey in CGI were released. Okay, seems like I remember this. It encouraged young adults to, quote-unquote, get your Smokey on. That's a dumb slogan. What does that even mean? It sounds like... Well, what they were trying to say was, be like Smokey. Speak up appropriately when others are acting carelessly. Okay. Yeah. I I, guess. I don't get it either. Wear overalls and a hat and (laughs) point at people menacingly. Yeah, he also got his first app in 2011. Oh, I don't uh, remember that at all. It just provides information about wildfire prevention is really all it does. Oh, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that is the exhaustive history of, of Smokey <laughs> Bear. More than you uh, probably ever wanted to know about him. Very cool. I'm hoping they change the slogan back to something like only you can prevent wildfires or something. Get your Smokey on 
That never yeah. worked for me. His still official one is still prevent only you can prevent wildfires. The get your smoky on was just a little short term one. I don't oh. think I don't think it was as well received. Yeah, so it wasn't by me, but I'm kind of a stick in the mud anyway. I think you're in good company there. Okay, good. Well, very interesting. Yeah, what else do we have? Uh, I had some news about the updates to Epcot. Uh, they just recently stopped doing their nighttime spectacular illuminations, and they're getting ready to replace that uh, with a uh, new... Uh, a lot, a lot of new experiences are are happening at um, Epcot because of the uh, updates to the uh, the park as part of the 50th anniversary that they're ramping up for the Walt Disney World Resort parks. And uh, so at the D23 Expo, they did a, a big uh, unveiling of all the different work that they're doing on it. And I thought I'd just go through it briefly, just because I, I thought it was interesting. So I guess there's going to be four different worlds or neighborhoods in Epcot now. Okay. There's going to be... Because I remember it used to be, what, Future World and World Showcase pretty much, right? Pretty much. Uh, so there's going to be... I think it was I think it was more than Future World. But anyway, uh, you got World Showcase. That's staying there. But you've also got World Celebration, World Nature, and World Discovery. Hmm. So World Showcase is pretty much what you remember. It's the different countries that are... Uh, depicted in different attractions and restaurants and shops uh, throughout that portion of Epcot. Okay, kind of the back half or whatever. Right. So they're getting a new area in the UK Pavilion that's going to be the first attraction inspired by Mary Poppins where you can step down Cherry Tree Lane. That'll be cool. Yeah. Admiral Boom's house and enter number 17, the home of the Banks family. Oh, wow. That's going to take a while. That's, yeah. There's not a lot of uh, details on that, but uh, it should be interesting, very popular. Um, so the new uh, show that's going to be there for a while is going to be, it's called um, Epcot Forever that kind of celebrates their past and also looks forward to their future. Eventually to be placed, replaced by a show in 2020 called Harmony Us, uh, with the U.S. capitalized at the oh, end. Oh, okay. So it's like bringing everyone together. Right. How music and all that uh, brings us together around the globe. Oh, of course. Right. So, you know, same kind of thing. Massive floating set pieces, custom LED panels, choreographed fountains, uh, things like that. I think this show they're doing Epcot Forever is going to have different like special kites in the sky. So it should be interesting. The, the Remy Ratatouille Adventure is coming to France. That should be fun. Uh, they're going to, in, in addition to the Impressions of France film, it's going to also, they're going to be joined by a Beauty and the Beast sing-along film. Oh, that'll be popular. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be running them concurrently. Like, sometimes of the day they're going to run one, sometimes the other. I'm not sure how that's going to work. And they're also going to update the Canada Circle Vision. Uh, uh, no more Martin Short. No more Martin Short, unless they add him to this one, too. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a new Circle Vision 360 with new scenes and a new story. They're also going to redo China's. It's going to be a seamless 360-degree film format as opposed to all the different uh, screens on there. It's just going to be one seamless screen. So that's the World Showcase update. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, I've always liked the World Showcase. I don't think it's very much for kids, but maybe with this new uh, Remy ride with this new Beauty and the Beast sing-along. That'll draw some more of the kids in that direction. That'll help, yeah. So World Celebration is that first part of the park, and Spaceship Earth's going to get reimagined. 
focusing on moments and ideas that define uh, and unite human experience. Although I guess they're still going to keep some of that ride the same, right? They are. There's going to be a little magical story light you follow that brings the experience to life in dynamic ways. I don't know if it's just something where the, the scenes are going to be still and then the story light gets there and they animate somehow. I don't know. I don't know, but the way that is, is like a constant movement. And there's, there's always someone there. So, Yeah, I, know, I don't that know. That would be weird. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, I don't either. It's, I can't either. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a new pavilion, a three-tiered structure. That's going to be interesting in that same uh, front area um, past the entrance plaza. So it's going to have uh, three, three levels of plaza level where it's, it's open, the mid middle expo level, and then there's going to be a park at the top with, you know, uh, I don't know, it looks like even shrubbery from the concept picture. So it should be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be very different from the architecture there right now, <laughs> along with the entrance plaza that they're, they're changing as well. Uh, they're also going to put a new statue of Walt Disney as you exit uh, World Showcase called Dreamer's Point. Oh, that's a very nice. Because uh, they don't have one there in Epcot right now, do they? Not that I know of. They, just have, the, they have the Partners one in, in Magic Kingdom, but right. I, I'm like I'm. I know Walt was always big on Epcot. His version or his vision for it was very different than what actually occurred. But I still think he would have been a fan of what they're doing there now. I think so. Yeah. So the the world nature is going to be the same thing. It's where you have the land and the seas and Nemo and Friends pavilions. But they're also getting a journey of water inspired by Moana, where you will uh, meet and play with magical living water. It's kind of light on details right now of what that's going to look like. <laughs> but you'll also learn the importance of the water's natural water cycle. So there's some education there, too. Uh, awesome Planet is going to be a new film in the land pavilion which showcases the beauty, diversity, and dynamic, dynamic story of the planet. That's in January 2020. Nice. Um, World Discovery is going to be the futuristic place. That's where they're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind uh, roller Coast coaster. Oh, yeah, nice. I do want to ride that whenever it comes out. Right. It's going to be the uh, first coaster. Uh, they're calling it a storytelling coaster that rotates 360 degrees to focus your attention on the action and also the first reverse launch for a Disney coaster. Oh, my. So that's going to be a really popular ride, I'm sure, once it, when it first opens. Yeah, that's the day to go ride Test Track and, <laughs> yeah. and Soren because no one's going to be there. Right. Um, also, a new um, restaurant called Space 2020, which is going to be uh, give you daytime and nighttime views of Earth from 220 miles up, in which you board a special elev elevator and you can see all that. Don't know how that's going to work to build a 220... Uh, mile-high restaurant, but I'm sure they'll get some Disney magic in there. Oh, of course. I have no doubt. So lastly, they're going to have the Play Pavilion, which will open in time for the 50th anniversary. And uh, it's going to be an interactive city with games and activities and experiences. I think maybe focused mainly on kids. Um, so it's <laughs> going to have different things. I mean, I mean, it's Disney. It's most <laughs> yeah, it should be focused on kids, right? I right, mean, yeah. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if you both focused on kids. <laughs> So, like, you'll help legendary fashion icon Edna Mode from The Incredibles on her quest to rid the world of uninspired style or compete with Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Webby in a water balloon fight. I don't know how that's all going to work. Well, that sounds very high concept. Yeah. I, I will be interested to see it. So, opening on October 1st um, in the Odyssey so Events like Pavilion. Yeah. yeah, in the Odyssey Events Pavilion, they're going to have... Uh, 
engaging and interactive exhibits that showcase uh, what's going on in the park. So there's a lot happening there. So be sure to check that out. Sometimes Epcot gets a bad rap. As you said, there's not many rides. And uh, it looks like a, just a, a museum or it's, it's not going to be exciting. But so a lot of changes there. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that. Now, I just want to know what's going to happen to Club Cool. I know. <laughs> I, I need Club Cool in my life. Don't take that away. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we have here. It's crypto scratching at the door. So uh, if you uh, want to help us out, check out our various social media uh, platforms. You can go to packbrospodcast at gmail.com if you have a question or if you want to send something to us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at packbrospodcast. That's P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S podcast. And you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. All right. All right. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll end with one of the songs from the Epcot uh, pre-show of the Illumination since going away. This is Falling Through a Cloud by Itaru Kura. So see you all another time. Thanks.